<laughs> yeah, just tap on the side of the Hoover Dam. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And I'm Jim. Back, back by popular demand. Ooh, good. It's time for episode number 240 of Video Games Hot Dog, the podcast that's back to our 2011 levels of quality. Yep. <laughs> Sounds about right. Just in time for all of our Patreon backers to back out. Yep. <laughs> Is 240 the opposite of 420? Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> Not from my perspective, uh, <laughs> definitely. So you're totally high. Did I just say something? <laughs> lol backwards is still lol. That's did you just true. open that beer can twice? Yes. Or did I just go back in time? <laughs> I just opened it three times. Yeah, yeah. Well, I told myself to order it. I told myself to open it, but then I told myself to open it earlier. Right. So that I could already have drunk it. Right. But then you went back and you canceled your, your beer orders? Mm-hmm. Cool. I did buy this beer f- for myself a week ago. Okay. That's, I mean, really, that's, that's like time kind travel. of like time travel. Yeah. Just doing favors for, for future Zach. <laughs> How have you guys been? Good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> we got to we gotta go to Seattle. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, we have to. That's true. Uh, West of Loathing got nominated as a finalist in a weird festival that Kevin submitted it to, I guess. Yep. So... We have to go make a presentation about why we deserve all the all accolades. The praise. Yeah. Why we deserve to be published by accolade. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and also acclaim. We, uh, we did the sequel to the probably the best room escape that I've done, and it mm. was also the best. Yeah. It's a very, very good room escape. Yep. Uh, the Roosevelt room, I, although it is, it's the Roosevelt room. Yeah, yeah it, it didn't seem like tickets were available online yet. They just—I think they just opened it to the public. Uh, there was like a pre-sale to people who had done it before. And oh, stuff. It was very good, but we can't talk about it. Yeah, because it'll ruin everything. The control room—they like showed us the like behind-the-scenes part of it, and it was. So fucking cool. So many nice. Arduino Megas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there is a shit ton of stuff going on. It like having seen them figure out all the hard parts about how to do it, it's like it's basically three different <coughs> things, right? It's like read switches, uh like electromagnetic stuff like plates and then a couple of like when they say read switch do they mean r-e-e-d i think so like it's like the little like <clears throat> flap of metal that um, a sufficiently strong magnet just pulls it i think so to make contact, i think that is yeah. and the tension keeps it open most of the time yeah oh, that is my read understanding switches um, and like they, they just use that in. they just use that for everything because that uh that like lets them log get like sort of get data from the whole yeah, no solenoids, because solenoids get too hot. There are a couple of solenoids, but you have to be careful about how you use them. I remember uh, Laura Hall talking about how they burned out several trying to get their room set up. doesn't seem like it would be that hard to just have a door that was locked with electricity. Yeah, but apparently it's But apparently it's a tricky. really hard problem. You can just run electricity through the doorknob. Oh, yeah. So if it just kills a, a door that kills you if you try to open it is the same as a door that is locked. Right. I guess you could be wearing a glove. <laughs> that could be the solution to the puzzle. Yeah, you you have to get the glove out of the safe. Like, it seems like the... 
a, the, a custom way to do it would be to just have that not use a solenoid but you have like a the magnetic the electromagnetic plate and just a, like a metal pin that it pulls up through a hole that like latches and then you turn off the electromagnetic it falls and it opens or whatever but you could also just have a guy on the other side of the door <laughs> holding the doorknob in place sure. <laughs> until it's time. You could. Okay, so you have one magnet controlling that pin that you described, and then another magnet placing a bucket full of water on top of the door as it opens partially. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Uh, there weren't any There weren't any pranks in this room escape. Luckily. Were there pranks in the other one? No. Oh, okay. There, there were just no buckets of water on tops of doors. That would or be a snakes rough snakes inside safes that you were tricked into crawling into. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta uh, tell Riff to uh, mute all of his devices. Yeah, Riff, what are you getting? A hundred yeah. texts from your mom. <laughs> well, two from <clears throat> two from my dad, but yeah, you're close. Hmm. What What did they say? Yeah, I think your penances. You have to read them. I did not actually pay attention, and now they've they've vanished into uh, into the system. Must have been something embarrassing. <laughs> Schnooky bear. Dear Riff, I'm going through this weird porn in my house, and I'm wondering which of these films are yours. And then the second text is just a list of porn film names. I don't know which of these are yours and which ones are your mother's. <laughs> no, he was asking me if I'd heard of something, but I missed what it was he said that he was asking about. Anal Intruders Eleven. <laughs> that that's longer. It was more. Like, it was like six or eight letters. How did what, that? What's your object, six or eight letter? How did right? that object get into this room? So uh, this is a letter opener that says "defenseless" yes. on it, and no one knows where it came from. It is mine. It is. It okay. came from. It came from the movie studio that made the movie "Defenseless" in like 1992. Okay, or whatever it says on there. So it is yours. Yeah. I, I don't know how it got in here. Uh, Somebody must have taken it from your desk. Yeah. Those okay. fuckers. But like Somebody nobody nobody back. knew who it was. So it must be like Patrick who must have cuz he was not here. So he must have borrowed it to open something and then left it in here. Well, I'm really glad that that object didn't get lost. It's it's an heirloom from my job at the movie theater. Okay. It's a letter opener that I really like a lot. You know, it's like the like they'll make a promotional object for a thing sometimes. This is like a cool little it's like a like a it's like a sword claymore. Yeah. A pewter claymore in miniature that's riff for fuck's sake. <laughs> like Sorry. turn turn the sound off on your phone and then leave it <laughs> off forever like a fucking adult. <laughs> that's not going in the podcast, right? So the listeners are just like, What what are you even complaining about? If we can hear it, it's coming out of what's going into yeah. his mic. So anything we can hear is going onto the recording. Okay. All right. This is a much bigger deal. Me freaking out about it is a much bigger deal than the sound <laughs> itself. But but that's not the point. We're trying to save. We're trying to save the future. God, people are always fucking up the podcast I'm trying to record with their stupid phone notification sounds and stealing my souvenir letter openers and then being like, "Where did where did this come from? I don't know who we stole this from." It's actually really important that we freak out about the noise, otherwise people might think it was their notification. Right. Right. <laughs> That's a good point. They might think that they're being pulled over. Right. They might think that the police are trying to beat down their door. Because right. at a movie, like going to a movie and having like a, like an actual like bona fide iPhone sound happen, like everybody like just checks their pockets. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how you can, you can just pull that off. 
No. I guess I'm in the minority in like essentially wanting to never have my phone make a sound at all. I want it to wake me up in the morning. I use it as an alarm clock. Okay, that's a good point. What you don't have to get up at a particular time. But I well I do cuz I post my Twitter puzzle at 8 a.m. every day. Oh, you could create a bot. I could, but I like I like doing it manually cuz I have to be awake to like respond to the first handful of people who oh, Yeah, that's the post. fundamental design flaw of these. Oh, things. yeah, it's it's this is a sh- shitty terrible system. They're great. The puzzles are great. Oh, thank you. Are you I, still archiving those? Uh, are you behind? I, I ha- so I have a personal archive, but I have not updated my archive in like six months. Okay. Wow, the public yeah. facing one because it's just like I, it takes like two or three hours per week, and I just yeah. got behind and does it really? Yeah, because I have to write hints for all of the puzzles, oh. and I'm also formatting everything in the stupid. You know way. what you could do is you could just tweet the FTP login, and then uh, no, you can't. <laughs> and then just there's other stuff in there okay uh, so but riff's porn stash right? yeah <laughs> riff does have kind of a porn stash if i were to describe <laughs> his facial hair <laughs> that's uh, so here's the, the thing about the, lift that like bothers beard, me though. doesn't it have to be like separate from the beard to be considered yeah i don't stash? think you can really call it a mustache unless there's nothing on the chin lift a company which like advertises itself with pink mustaches. Yeah. Like, is no, that not there's no beard there. overt? Is it just not an overt mustache ride reference? I think it is. That seems like a really shitty way to like promote themselves yeah, as well, a company. Why, that's that's why I use Uber because even though their corporate policies are probably super despicable, it doesn't seem like some crass like it, like every business in the Castro just has the crassest. Name. name everything is just about like hey welcome to the sausage butt sex taqueria like and that, that, lift is lift to me just came directly out of that culture and that's why i hmm. will always use uber instead of lift is because i think of uber as being a thing for like dignified rich people and lift as being <laughs> a crass thing for people who want to go to the butt fuck taqueria and yeah huh. so yes i imagine that its origins are really crass okay I actually confused Lyft for a long time with another service in San Francisco that was specifically billed as a, like, we'll give you a ride home if you don't feel safe as a marginalized Homobiles. person walking. Yeah, I guess it was homobiles. Riff. <laughs> I, I don't know what that beat came from. I turned off my iPad. I don't know what device that was that just <laughs> Is, did you? Did you? Did there used to be an iPad in that apartment before you moved oh, in? Oh my God! It's boarded up and in it's the wall. Ghost, it's ghost is trying to communicate with you. I just got a text that said, "For the love of God, did Montresor." You, yeah. Did text, you look for the murderer behind you? Except it was like for the heart emoji of God, Montresor, or for the heart emoji of God emoji. Is there a God emoji? I don't. I mean, you could, uh, there's an angel. Yeah, I don't think so. You could maybe do There's like a person with lightning running. bolts coming out of their hands. Yeah. <laughs> I use the I use the snowman as a wizard sometimes because his arms are raised. It's the only <laughs> it's the only guy that looks like he could conceivably be summoning the emojis that you put on either side of him, like the fireball or the snowflake or whatever. Okay. He's wearing a hat. What like, about the just floating skull? No, that'd be like a lich. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that's that's the... also that's also a wizard. Don't liches summon? Yeah, sure, but they do a net hack. <laughs> right. <laughs> they That's what I know about liches. Liches liches are wizards, right? They're 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 they are wizards who have figured out how to cheat death. Yeah, but at at what cost, Kevin? At what cost? <laughs> probably probably a couple thousand gold pieces. Their, their yeah. souls, yeah. However much the phylactery costs, and then however much renting the place to hide the phylactery is. Do they not have to keep it on them? No, they specifically like keep it far away, oh, so huh. that so that people can't find it. I also I think a phylactery is a thing that you always wore. But... Well, in real life, it okay. is. Right? I think a phylactery is those things that those boxes for little scraps of Torah scroll that are on the leather straps that that hmm. um orthodox jews wrap around their arms and head for whatever is the purpose c- they do that the tuba the like the little scroll that you put on the door like the door frame i could never tell the difference between the ketuba and the casusophone they're very <laughs> sim they're very similar the euphonium is the one you march with yeah and the- <laughs> uh there was also Cthulhu, that uh, visualization program. <laughs> oh, that was great. <laughs> yeah, boy, it was. And now we have Tilt Brush. I, I have not. I know nothing about Tilt. Brush. It looks really cool. It, I keep seeing it, people. Talking well, it about looks Tilt cool Brush. when real when artists, artists use it. it. Yeah, it's probably not as cool when regular people do. Ah. Do real artists draw curves? Sometimes. I mean, Minecraft is cool whether or not you're a real artist or not, right? And it's the same kind of thing. And they don't draw curves in Minecraft. I saw a kid at uh, the restaurant that I ate at last night reading, uh, and I guess this is a thing that's just everywhere, and like an obviously unlicensed Minecraft fiction Hmm. novel. Okay. I feel like I've seen those in Target. Minecraft fiction. weird. Yeah. Like... It's just a world. I guess there are well, zombies right. and a, monsters. Yeah, I mean, it's a world, so it's ripe for... But there's not a lot in it. set things in it. To it. There's just a, a handful of characters with no clear narrative. This one was I mean, about hero There was enough for Telltale to do a series of it. Sure, yeah. Have any of us played that? No. I have not. I'm interested in it. I mean, I, my feeling about that is that there's no reason that it has to be bad. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. I, I've heard nothing but good things about Telltale's recent work. Didn't uh, wasn't uh, wasn't a Brecken involved in a Minecraft? Yeah, for a while at least. Yeah, yeah. In, the, in the early episodes of it. And I think that uh, Carl Muckenhaupt is working on that too. Okay. So maybe there's parts of it that are like the Gostak. Ooh, that'd be good. I don't know if it would be or not. I don't know if I would want to play a Telltale game like the Gostak. It's like a text parser is sort of integral to that experience. Integral? Is it in? Is it? Integral in the same sense as like the calculus, calculus function, or is it like integrity sense? You wouldn't say like, oh, I've got a lot of integrity. <laughs> well, you I, might, but you'd be saying something like weird. I, I bet if you look it up on Merriam-Webster.com, it'll say have both pronunciations. It'll it'll display it in the International Phonetic Alphabet, which I don't know anymore. Or uh, there'll be a little hmm. So there could the, be a there could be like a, be a little a pronunciation button, right? Yeah, that's what they have often. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go to MiriamWebster.com. My computer is set to not make any noise ever because <laughs> I'm an adult. <laughs> also, there's no haunted computers in this room. All right. Simple definition of integral. Integral. Does this not have the? I feel like when you're talking about the mathematical thing, it's definitely you're like you're taking the integral of. 
a function. Words tend to have a different accent depending on whether they're nouns or verbs. What about adjectives? So, like, would a single, would a word that can be both a... Integral. Integral. So that's... We knew that was one of the pronunciations of that word. Also, integral. No. I do not believe you, Merriam-Webster, no. for one second. Integral? I-N-T-R schwa g schwa l. That might that, be a thing people say, but that's, that's just wrong. That's it's called descriptivism. Also, also integral. So, integral, usually so in mathematics. Integral, also integral. That's just wrong. It's descriptivist. It's cool. It's uh, everybody wants to be descriptivist. So, okay, I'm actually curious. If you look up in Merriam-Webster, comfortable, does it does it pretend that it's pronounced comfortable, or Com- does it admitable? Probably has. Does both. it say comfortable? Comf- comfortable. Word of the day: Weisenheimer, a smart aleck. I'm gonna skip that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what happens if you don't skip it? Wow. It, initial pronunciation is comfortable. 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 Okay, I I think that there is just some playful imp on the staff of Merriam Webster that <laughs> runs appends, their Twitter feed. Appends I, an absurd mispronunciation of things just to upset me to the end of every entry. Or maybe your computer's haunted. Oh. By a playful imp. I'm really not very comfortable with this integral. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think I'm pretty sure I've heard it pronounced that way. You're getting kind of grumpy. <laughs> yeah, comf- comfortable. Yep. That's a weird word. Comfortable? But nobody really says it like that, right? Were you making a point of saying it in a weird way? I was. Yeah. Wednesday. Un- I was, yeah, I was saying it in, a, in an That's uncomfortable Wednesday. way. Woden, yeah. You know, Lich, speaking of which, I think is probably actually Lick. pronounced like. Because, Why like? Because it is derived from a proto-German German, word, L-E-I-C-H, yeah. meaning I corpse. It, lich, or nuts. I pronounce it the way it's we like, pronounce it. Lich. Like. Lich. I don't, I don't know if it would be necessarily the long I, but it would definitely have that hard C. Is it L-E-I? L- it was L E I C H. Oh, it was it just L-E-I. so that's yeah. Like, the, the, it was just a it was like, just a like proto-Germanic word meaning corpse. In that case, it definitely would be like. Oh, and it is. It's it's also uh, like when combined with moss, it forms lichen. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the reason that I think I say lich is because it is not the word lick or the word like. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so hall of so the know. hall of the lick king. All of the Licking, Volume Four. Is that is that one yours or your mother's riff? <laughs> I, is... I don't know where that one came from. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> it's playing on some device somewhere else in the room. <laughs> oh, guys, uh, have you played any video games on any devices somewhere else in the room? Uh, I played this new thing that is available on the 3DS as a demo. As yesterday, as you're listening to this, uh, it will be out for real today as you're listening to this, um, called, uh, I think it's called Pocket Card Jockey. It is a solitaire game, but it's also horse racing, and it's super- Also Pokemon. Uh, yeah, a little bit. You, there's some horse breeding in it. 
it, it, it's super cute and fun and compelling, actually. It's really surprised me how good it is. But it's it basically you, uh, you've got your horse, and your horse has different stats and abilities. And the race starts, and depending on the length of the race, you play a number of rounds of sort of a simplified version of Solitaire. And how well you do at each round of Solitaire determines how happy your horse is and how much energy it has. And then in between the rounds of Solitaire, it shows you a top-down view of the map of the racetrack with all the positions of the horses currently. And the amount of energy you've gained determines how long a line you can draw to instruct your horse where to go. And there th- things appear on the on the board like markers that give you extra energy or extra XP and such. So you you want to collect those, but you also want to win get, the race, right? <laughs> well, yeah, and also, but you want to. Uh, there's like a a band on the on the uh, track that marks where your horse is most comfortable being, because like some horses like to lead the pack, and some horses prefer to be more in the middle. And, uh, and so where you are, where you end up in relation to that mark also determines how quickly you get energy on forthcoming rounds. And so you, and so you're trying to manage all that and do as well as you possibly can on the solitaire so that you get more energy. And then at the, after the, uh, the final, uh, round of solitaire it goes into the home stretch where it converts all the energy that you've accumulated without using it up to draw longer lines for the positioning uh it converts that energy into enthusiasm which is how fast your horse runs at, at the home stretch at the end when you're when you're trying to make the finish line first how long does a game of this take not long um five minutes hmm Wow, and you've played like multiple rounds of of Klondike. It's not Klondike. It's way simpler than that. It's it's just like you've got um, a a varying number of rows and columns of cards, and you're just trying to draw them in uh, uh, like adjacent order. Like you're trying to go like eight, seven, six, seven, eight, nine, eight, seven, or whatever. So you're just trying to draw the next card off the bottoms of the of the columns that can go onto the stack appropriately. And then you've got a stack of reserve cards for when you can't make any other moves, you flip the Mm. next card off your reserve. And there's like a time limit, uh, which is also affected by the mood that your horse is in. And, uh, and some, so are you theoretically playing this card game as the jockey on the back of the horse? (laughs) Yeah. There's a weird little, uh, there's a weird little introductory story of the 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 kid that you're playing who wants to be a jockey getting on a horse and just having no idea how to fucking ride it and getting kicked off and trampled to death and an angel agrees to bring the kid back to life with the the uh, the the uh, caveat that they have to go on and win the Kentucky Derby eventually if they're going to do this and if they fail to if they fail to win the Derby, then they will be cursed to never be able to win another game as long as they live. <laughs> and because, But because the kid is so terrible as a jockey, the angel takes pity and says, all right, well, what are you good at? And the kid's like, I don't know, I, I like solitaire, I guess. So the angel, like, turns 
solitaire into how jockeying works for this kid somehow. Wow. wow. I, I did story. not expect this to actually be sort of narratively justified. Yeah, That's yeah, ridiculous and awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, they must they must be timing the release of this because the Kentucky Derby's on Saturday. Oh, really? So, uh-huh. Yeah. So okay. like they th- that can't be a coincidence. Are you right? going to go to Kentucky? Yes. Are you going to wear a derby? Do you remember when uh, Joe uh, Joe McEwen and I had that plan for years where we were going to buy white linen suits and go to Kentucky for the Kentucky Derby? Yes, <laughs> and drink mint juleps with racists. <laughs> that was our that was our plan. We never got around bet? to it. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. I uh, I was really hoping that uh, my friend's company, who was bought by the what Suffolk Downs, would. Just to fly us all out. Oh, to, right. Because Big Fish is now owned by the Kentucky... By Suffolk Downs. People yeah. own the Kentucky Derby? Yep. What the fuck? Yep. What a weird world. <laughs> I mean, it's because they have a gambling app, right? So it's like still in their wheelhouse, but it's diversification. I didn't think a wheelhouse was like a horse thing. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's chariots. Oh. What is... What is the structure called so it's just a mill when a when you like have horses going in a circle grind it's just like a horse mill i guess that's for grinding up horses yes uh, <laughs> you have conan push the, the thing okay. <laughs> is the puppy mill where you do the same thing but with puppies yeah the puppy bowl is where you put a bunch of ground up puppies in a bowl <laughs> Okay. And then smoke it. Now that's the puppy mortar is what you the bowl that you use to grind them up <laughs> oh, with. Unless oh, that's the cannon that you fire them out of. <laughs> I don't know. Let's check this uh let's check this book which contains the puppy cannon. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that uh Disney just revoked that entire thing. They did. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all you've been playing with? <laughs> uh yeah, just that in Dark Souls. Okay. Have you finished the new Dark Souls yet? Nope. And I'm not sure how far I am because I don't know how big it is. <laughs> okay. They just don't give you any kind of indicator about progress. Well, I guess you could base it off of how many of the four big main bosses you've killed. And going by that, I've killed one of the four. So I, I'm, I'm a quarter huh. in, but I don't know. Maybe I missed a path somewhere. I don't know. Okay. What about you, Jim? I, uh, so I realized that I wasn't able to make myself play Dark Souls 3 or Bloodborne because I still hadn't finished Dark Souls. Like, psychologically, it felt wrong. So I finally went back and did that. You finished the, the first original Dark Souls. Dark Souls. Yeah. Have you finished Dark Souls 2? No. Okay. So you have to. But do I, that next. I, if I haven't even started, I feel like I can skip it. That's that's, that's okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, and I was actually, you know, reasonably close to the end. I just had like, I, I started playing that game in 2011, and like every year or so, I would go back and get a little bit further, and then get, uh, get annoyed and rage quit. Um. But I finally, uh, just finally pushed through, finished the whole thing. It feels good. And so I can, uh, I can think about one of these new games now. Did you beat Ornstein and Smaug? That I did last year. Oh. Um, and supposedly that's the, like the, the peak of the difficulty. So, and actually that does bear out. Like 
Nothing I did after that was as difficult as that as that boss fight. Uh, Do you think that they that was like halfway through too? Unintentional like or end of act two of three? I would say Do, like time wise. Was that a was that a d- deliberate design decision to have the hard hardest thing be? In the middle of the game, I I do think so that 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 was the intended uh, like difficulty ramp, like have it peak around like two thirds of the way through. I I I don't know. I I do I do wonder whether like there are some parts of that game that really don't hold up or or didn't even hold up at the time. I should say, and I wonder if they had tightened it a little bit. Like I, I'm not sure that game is better for not having ended at the end of an Orlando, you know? Hmm. Um, hmm. Certainly the, the areas that people quote as being the roughest, which are, uh, what's it? Uh, that swamp. No. Uh, uh, was it Isolith? Uh, no, Isolith. Is lost Isolith. Yeah. Oh, lost With Isolith, the, right. And yeah. Then Blight, there's Blight some, town. something up. Blight town, I guess. Yeah. Well, the Blight town is Blight the, 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 like the, the most difficult or rather a, a very difficult early ish area. Yeah. Um, Blight lost Isolith is just kind of like, it's just, it has really super bad frame rates. Whereas lost Isolith is actually kind of not a good. Oh, right. Level. Yeah. On, on, on 360, the, what's the place where everything is poison that everybody hates. That's blight town. That's the swamp yeah. at the bottom of blight town. Mm. Um, I lost Isolith is just kind of like, it's really rough in terms of, it's not very well made. Yeah. It's full of kind of shitty boss fights and that, that was specifically what I was thinking of when I thought like, yeah, maybe the end game could just go. I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to do without the very final area. But no, yeah, that has to be there for story reasons, if nothing else. Well, it's also just a really cool area. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that that that's uh, that feels good. Yeah, one of these days, we're gonna have to do Dark Souls one as an assignment for like bleh. four months. <laughs> <laughs> we could do Bloodborne for an assignment. I'll play the shit out of Bloodborne again. I probably yeah. will anyway after I'm done with Dark Souls three. Wow, really? We can't all play yeah. that because we don't. Only one of us has a PS4. Oh wait, do you have a PS4, Jim? Uh, yeah, I do actually. Oh gosh, there's one at the office. We'd have to play Bloodborne in that virtual reality helmet. Yeah, that might be okay. I played Super Hypercube, but I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it. You've got to be because they've shown it at festivals and anyway, stuff. It's pretty good. Uh, it's very simple, and it's a lot like Res. If the music is really good. Yeah. And just the, all the visuals and stuff. Like, it's really a lot like Res. Like, is that it's the very one clear. where you have, like, different shaped Tetris blocks and you're trying to slide them through a hole in the wall? Yeah, kind you're of? a cube and there's a wall rushing towards you with a hole in it. and But it's in 3D. Yeah. yeah and then uh, you sort of have to move your head around to see past the object. That, and uh, every time you go through a wall, it adds another cube on in a sort of a random spot and just gives your object various profiles from various orientations and mm. you're rotating it around to get it to fit through the it's like a very simple puzzle um but it's just presented in a way that is really satisfying you get bonuses if you if you do like the minimal number of moves to get to the right configuration and- yeah or if you like lurch if you hit the button to speed through the wall real early there's a, there's a lot of stuff that i the fact that it was in vr made it so i never saw any of the hud stuff Hmm. Right, because all I was looking at was the center of the experience. 
um, that might be part of the uh, the fact that you're using glasses too, because it probably that probably limits the field of view a little bit. I wonder, I wonder how much impact that has. I don't know. I played about an hour of Overwatch. Um, this is the sequel games. to Firewatch. Yeah, video games. <laughs> hot dog uh, uh, listener and Patreon backer F uh, gave me a gave me a friend code, uh, which just I think just lets you into the open beta a few days early. I think everybody is able to play it starting maybe today or tomorrow. Yeah, um, everybody <clears> on the <throat> Duckfeed Slack is super into it. Is Overwatch Blizzard's Blizzard Team Fortress, Team Fortress 2? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was I got it confused in my head with Battleborn. Battleborn, yeah, which is some like quasi. It's Battleborn is like Strife. It's like that third person over the shoulder MOBA. Oh, okay, interesting. Huh. I think, uh, yeah, Overwatch is the thing that used to be Titan that was supposed to be that was like going to be a an MMO where. It was divided into two parts, and it was like you were day, you had a day job, and then you were also a superhero or whatever. Um, oh, was that? Did they talk about that? I've I've never heard that before. I, I read an article about like a bunch of anonymous people talking about what Titan was going to be. Okay, and then they just ditched it in favor of using all of the assets to make like a Team Fortress Two. Basically, was the day job something that you actually had to play, or was it just like a narrative conceit i think it was i, yeah, think, I think it, it was I actually think the game was actually divided into two distinct phases whoa um but yeah man i like my overwhelming impression having played it is like i'm just too old for this like it is so fast-paced that there was never a minute where i had any idea what was going on like team fortress 2 when we did it as an assignment and actually played with some video games hot dog listeners who were like patient and were willing to explain stuff like after a couple of hours of that i started to feel like all right i could imagine myself getting a baseline proficiency with this this it's just like the experience that i have of competitive online games is if i see a person and they don't notice me i can shoot them 30 or 40 times and they will die (laughs) if anyone sees me they will shoot me once and i will die because they headshot you. I guess. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, Team Fortress 2 made a lot more sense once I turned on the, like, cash register noise thing that it makes when you get a hit. <laughs> okay. Because it made it clear whether I was hitting the people or not, leading me to wonder why they didn't turn that on by default. I guess it's immersion breaking. But, yeah, it's there's a lot of characters Does with it, a lot of abilities like, and stuff. Does it give you money when you shoot somebody? Is that the theming there? I don't know. I think it's just a... It's just a very clear noise. Yeah. It's very just distinctive. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I played a few games and my team won them all. So I couldn't have been that much of a liability, but it was just, man, like. What characters did you play? Uh, I played one thing that was the equivalent of like the tavern brawl where every time you spawn, it randomly selects a character and you can't change. Uh, so I played a bunch of different guys okay. in that one. Um, there's like this grim reaper dude with two shotguns. Uh, there is a cowboy guy with a revolver. Uh, there is a, the character from res, a sort of a weird shiny cyborg floating in the Lotus position with orbs uh, flying around that they telekinetically throw. Uh, I played one character that was an Indian woman who I don't understand what any of her actions did like she has a gun 
that is like a melee range little waveform hologram thing in the air. I don't know if it heals people or damages people or like just no fucking idea. There is a screen about each hero that you can look at at any time that you're not playing the game that explains (laughs) what all of their abilities do. Uh, A lot of it, and this will come up again when we start talking about Akron, but it... I found it impossible to distinguish A, characters from the background, and B, friendly characters from enemy characters. Do they have friendly fire in the game? No, they don't. Okay. But How did you feel about Team Fortress 2, about the way that they handled that? I, I think that in Team Fortress... My memory of Team Fortress 2 is that the backgrounds, the environments are all really desaturated, and that they're just red and blue and that's it for the characters. They're like red plus some skin tone and maybe some gray and blue plus some skin tone and maybe some gray and that they pop pretty readily. Whereas in this, they're these like fantastic versions of real world environments. So they're just every color. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, other people obviously weren't having this problem, so I don't know if it's a color vision thing. I mostly just think that, A, I never developed the sort of baseline vocabulary for Twitch multiplayer shooters. And, B, I'm just too old. My reflexes are too shot to be able to play things like this. The thing that was the most appealing to me about Team Fortress 2 was that mode where you were just a team fighting like waves of AI characters. And that's a thing that I could really imagine having some fun with in this. I don't know that that mode exists, Hmm. Um, but it's also like clearly not the thing that is appealing to people. You know, the things that I like about shooters are the things that a tiny minority of people like about shooters, like the single player campaign and the teaming up against AI. I just like competing against other people. I don't have anything to prove. You play a lot of Hearthstone. Well, okay, that's true. Those are all people. Yeah, I mean, I guess, to me, an online shooter is more like of an athletic competition than it is a sort of strategic competition, and I get that that's probably not true for people who don't just suck at it. Like, I think that once you have the vocabulary... Like, if I had a hard time, like, dragging the pieces around, I would probably feel the same way about Hearthstone. Okay. (laughs) You know? Like, if I... I don't know. I've only allowed myself to play Hearthstone when my iPad was just out of arm's reach in a vat of Vaseline. (laughs) So it was just really hard to do anything on purpose. Um, You're constantly misclicking. I, I feel like I, I do think there's a degree of athleticism to any game where Twitch aiming is a big part of the. They're called esports, right? Like, well, but so is so is Hearthstone. Is it? I don't know. I mean, Starcraft, like RTS stuff, is. Which that's definitely like a speed of reaction and thinking that, that is more than I can ever conceive of mustering. But it still feels different to me than a first-person shooter. Yeah. And I don't know why. Yeah, that's weird because I feel like they're probably fundamentally the same, right? Because you're you're processing a tremendous amount of information very quickly and reacting fast. And 
thinking about long-term strategy and short-term strategy and stuff. One's in 3D space, one isn't really. So that has a, that definitely probably has an impact. Did you ever have a phase with a multiplayer shooter, Jim? I I definitely played uh I played some Quake at some LAN parties. Uh that's probably the my most recent regular experience with multiplayer shooters. I never really I played a little bit of Doom like against other people and a little bit of Quake, but that's that's yeah, about we it. did a little bit of marathon. That was about it. Hmm. I remember playing Team Fortress Two and being sad that it wasn't as good as the Meet the Character trailers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what could be? Yes, yeah, really. Portal, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything around Overwatch is seems really nice. Like, you know, the it was it was easy to get into a game. <laughs> You know, the, the the tutorial was fun. The uninstaller works great. Yeah. <laughs> Can you play it on your phone? Other than that, all I've played is Hearthstone. Just you know, same. So you're in, you're, in a, you're in a Blizzard bubble. A shitload of Hearthstone. Yeah, I am in a Blizzard bubble. Do you get free Overwatch stuff for playing Hearthstone, or vice versa? No, I don't think so. Does I've never have- seen. I've never Blizzard seen any tie-ins. Other well. You get, like, StarCraft. I noticed that, and I remembered, that, like, buying the digital deluxe editions of World of Warcraft Mm -hmm. expansions will often get you StarCraft character portraits. Yeah, yeah, and, like, Diablo 3 flag icons. Oh, yeah, and wings. Wings? Like, those cosmetic things that go on your character. I think I probably have some of those. You can unlock characters by... in. You can unlock, like, character portraits in... Hearthstone by leveling characters in World of Warcraft. There was one of those, yeah. There was one that they did where you unlocked a new hero portrait and set of emotes in Hearthstone by playing a World of Warcraft character level 20. There was another one that you got by 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 donating $5 to charity from inside the Hearthstone app on a phone. Okay. And... <laughs> Uh, there's like a mount in World of Warcraft that you unlock by playing Hearthstone. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Period. The Hearth Steed. Okay. And, yeah. I think there was a card back that you got for doing something related to Heroes of the Storm. Okay. So, yeah, you know, there's... But I haven't seen any cross-promotion with Overwatch. Uh, like, maybe because Overwatch isn't out yet. Yeah, and it's also... That makes sense. <laughs> it's also a to- like such a different IP. I mean, I guess StarCraft is also very different, but all the other stuff is Yeah, I wonder if they'll put Overwatch characters in Heroes of the Storm. Hmm. I have not heard anyone say a word about Heroes of the Storm in like a year. Like I wonder if it's just not catching up. If on. it was just a non-starter. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about how when Akron came out, it was so long ago. And then I realized it was so long ago that only one of the three acts of StarCraft II was already out. (laughs) (laughs) I should play those at some point. What have you been playing, Kevin? 
so I have also playing been playing some Hearthstone. Uh, it's it's good. I enjoy it. I uh, I think my initial my like super earliest impressions of it were tainted by the fact that I just lost all of my games. Uh, so my experience this time has been very different. It's been much closer to like fifty percent of games played have been won and lost, which I feel like is a, a good ratio. Um, I also am playing some of the single player content, which is just, you know, fun stuff to fill your time. Um, it seems like there are a lot of cards. I like, I still regularly see cards that I've never seen before in play. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's something that you eventually just get over. Um, I mean, I do think you kind of internalize them over hundreds and hundreds of games. Sure. I mean, like, back when you were playing Magic, you basically knew what all the cards did. Yeah, but there were also, like, 500 cards total. I bet there's only, I bet there's fewer than 500 Hearthstone cards. Oh, okay. There was a, there was just, like, a list. Like, there's just something slightly harder about actually, like... Encountering them in the wild and having to remember them instead of just, like, flipping through yours. I mean, you can go into crafting mode and look at every card. Yeah. In the collection, right? It's hard to internalize that. Yeah. But it's not a thing that, like, you didn't sit down and deliberately memorize every magic card. You just got used to them. I might have. <laughs> that's, that's the thing I might have done. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I have continued to play a little bit of Slither.io, uh, mostly. I, yeah, I played some of that when you recommended that we play it so we could talk about it, and then I wasn't on that podcast. Oh, okay. Um, it's surprisingly fun. Yeah. It's it's a very simple set of rules that come together in a very sort of complex and interesting way. I haven't I haven't looked at it yet. How is it different from ordinary snake? It's, you can cross over yourself. Well, it's also oh, multiplayer. It's massively multi. Okay. It's massively multiplayer. Yeah, there's okay, like okay. five hundred people playing at a time usually okay. it, on any given server. I had a guy come to my house to like repaint after some water damage that happened. So the landlord sent a contractor and at the at the end of his time there when he was leaving, he asked me what I did for a living and I told him I make video games and we started talking about video games and he showed me he's like, "Oh, look at this game that my daughter is really into on my phone." And he holds it up and shows it to me and it is slither.io, oh, like nice. an app version of it. Which apparently, like number one free app on the yeah, iOS like store. it's it, this is another case like a dark room where it just like suddenly was a huge hit with like tween girls and is just everywhere. Yeah, how it's, do you monetize tween girls? You might not. Not I mean, might just room, be wrong. A dark room yeah. cost yeah. a dollar on the phone. Oh, really? Yeah, and yet was somehow like. You, know, you could go play the exact thing on a website for free, but nobody, like, nobody did. They just bought it on the phone because it was on the phone. Lifeline yeah. was, a, was like a dollar, right? Like, yeah. And it, d- does, I mean, is Slither.io not? It's free. It's free. Totally. Okay, it must free. have I mean, ads, right? It might have ads. I don't remember. I, mean, I think you can monetize anybody by putting ads. I mean, how do you monetize, you know, Flappy Bird on people who play Flappy Bird? Yeah. Well, people who play Flappy Bird deserve to be monetized. <laughs> you can watch a video to spin this wheel again if you want. <laughs> it's a video, Jim. It's not an ad. It's, it's a video. It's, they call it. Everybody calls it a video. This was directed by Chris Cunningham. But we know. Oh, no, wow! I like him actually. Yeah. 
I have continued to play uh, Steven Sausage Roll. It is a good game. I might, Do you know how far you are? Back, back up if an iPad version comes up. Not, uh, not in terms of overall progress. I'm. I have. I have. Do you know 174 many, sausages. 174. That's yeah. a lot of sausages. Did you see those of screenshots of it being like number seven or number eight on Metacritic? Because so few people have reviewed it that everyone who's bothered to review it has given it a 10. Well, that was, I, and I remember similarly, high barrier like, to entry. what was it? Undertale, Undertale. was number, the number one PC game of all time on Metacritic yeah. right? for a month. God fucking Undertale. <laughs> <laughs> people still encountering it and loving it. Yeah. Jenny, Jenny's favorite game. Mm. I still haven't finished it. I, I, I stand with Gary Butterfield. <laughs> Man, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, there was a thing that I wanted to um, address, read Dark Souls, which is that m- my uh, time with it last year, I spent a lot of it um, streaming. Mm-hmm. And when I was thinking I should go back and finish Dark Souls, I was thinking I need to, I, well, I need to stream it so I can have the whole thing recorded, even though like, Last year, there was some parts I didn't record because I was just fuck this like right. f- like fuck the social anxiety of dealing with like putting my best face on while I do this thing. And I realized like I, this is one of the reasons I stopped mm. is that I just get oh, this huh. anxiety while playing the game and like even, even without streaming it, even if I'm just recording it. Yeah, okay. Hmm. That's that's why I'm that's that's why I'm doing like i'm still recording the footage for dark souls 3 but it's going to be put up hugely more edited and post commentary instead of live commentary yeah that's oh oh actually i was wondering uh how how far uh, out have you queued up episodes of your dark souls 2 uh let's play uh let's see just approximately you don't need to look anything up well, okay, so today I put out, I want to say, episode 75 or 76, and I think I have episodes queued up up through 101. Okay, cool. Yeah, and the other thing I wanted to talk about was that, like, while on, like, the days I play Dark Souls, my real-life productivity goes down dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking about this with Steven Sausage Roll like playing this game is work playing dark souls is work and i I enjoy it much like i enjoy a lot of the work i do but it it drains that same resource of like things my brain can do without getting tired you know and also in the case of both like the success i had with steven sasha's role and the success i had with dark souls also feel like they they trigger the same like I did productive work today right. kind of mentality. And I don't know like how true any of that is in terms of like, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like they're both edifying to some degree. I definitely felt that way about Spelunky. Sure. At least during the time when I was learning a lot more about playing Spelunky while I was playing Spelunky. Right. Now I think I am have plateaued in being as good as I'm going to be. And so now it's just actually kind of a mindless thing. But, but, um, it's just no, an activity I, now. I know what you mean about, like, and I, I wonder, 
I have, I have often wondered if this is a thing, cause I don't remember ever feeling like this before the work that I did was creative work and not just like work. Right. In fact, you know, in fact, I remember feeling the opposite. Like I would, I would drive home from my office job with my head just spinning with all of the stuff that I was going to do when I got home. And then I would get home and just bust my ass making stuff. Yeah. And like the day job was like recharging my batteries. What was the day that. job at the time? Um, the specific time that I'm thinking of, it was just like database programming for Intel. Okay. But it was yeah. like, you know, database programming for somebody. Right? Yeah. It was like just engaging. It was like challenging, but not, not like there was no, there was, you weren't like putting any of yourself in it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, but I definitely have had that experience of certain things feeling like they, they use up that kind of juice and like talking to people is a thing <laughs> that uses up that kind of juice. Yeah. Which is, I don't understand why. I mean, I guess maybe it's expression juice and not work juice. Yeah, maybe. Right. I also wonder, like, how much of that was just being young. Like, because I, I remember coming home from my um, kind of boring programming job and doing a whole bunch of creative programming at home. And I kind of doubt that I could do that now. I feel like... You don't have the boring programming job. Well, that's true. So I don't have that data. I don't have that data for real either, you know? Uh, But my sense of it is that um, just doing programming work, unless it was really, like, really not not challenging, uh, really mindless programming work, then it would would drain the pool. Hmm. Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, I find that it's really recharging for me to do things like mow the lawn or like straighten up the house or something that like requires engagement, but not concentration. Sure. Yeah. You know, I remember Lore Schoberg talking about how he felt that the best times for him in terms of coming up with like things to write was like when he was dry, like driving was the perfect level of like, this is a thing that I kind of have to be paying attention to, but it is not taking up all of my attention. And so it's like the exact right level of like brain engagement to like, let you. Yeah. Like kind of do that sort of preliminary creative work. I wonder if you could like play Forza and get that same effect. Huh, that's a good question. I remember talking to a friend of mine who really liked driving, but didn't like, but would, and, and it was be, be, like, a, I'm not sure exactly how to, how to describe this, but like, he liked the aspect of, uh, productivity to it. Like if he were to do the same activity and not have gone anywhere, he wouldn't like it. And if he, in, in also the, uh, the threat of it was the threat of like, if you fuck up, you die or you kill somebody um, was also important to the, the brain feel of the activity. Um, and I remember like going through a series of thought experiments with him about like, what if you could play a driving game, but if, <laughs> <laughs> if you lose, it gives a lethal injection. To <laughs> right. Somebody. Right. Well, and he, what he said was, I wouldn't play that game. Hmm. Um, 
Yeah, there's a lot of things like driving that you wouldn't do. And I also, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, and tra- cars are fucking crazy. They really are pretty dumb. The, and, like, the fact that, like, it's it's illegal to fill up a tank with CO2 in the city of San Francisco, but untrained people can operate pumps for a substance that is designed to be the most explosive and volatile substance that is still stable enough to keep in giant underground tanks just indiscriminately and without any training into holes in their giant fireball not in Oregon containing vehicles no in Oregon they have trained professionals do that yep <laughs> i got a dirty look there cuz i pulled up to a gas pump and started pumping my own gas I think you could have been arrested that for that too. The 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 guy uh, cleared it up for me pretty quick though. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't from around these parts. Yeah. He walked up and he looked at me and I said, "Oh fuck, I'm in Oregon." And he said, <laughs> "Yep." <laughs> I'm like, I didn't think that that UI on that gas pump was designed for end users. And I'm like, I, that's not a thing I should have said to that guy. Like that, I should have said. Sorry. <laughs> and gotten back into my car. But I, there was a real thought that I had. I'm like, what the fuck? This is a weird interface on this like, credit what, card reader. What was different about I it? I don't remember. I, ju- I just, like, I remember my reaction, but I don't remember the stimulus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you guys want to talk about Akron, this assignment? Yeah. Suggested sure. by okay. Video Games Hot Dog listener and Patreon backer uh, Larry Fine. Man, this game is confusing. I was not able yeah. to play it myself because I couldn't get my Windows partition to go, but uh, I watched like two hours of Let's Play of somebody playing the first four missions, and it is basically incomprehensible to me. I mean, I, I kind of get like the early stuff, like I, I get the bit that's like an RTS except you have Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, and you can go back and try again if you fuck up. But it's not but that. anything more than that. <laughs> anything more complex than that, I, it loses me real quick. Because it's you go back in time, and everything that you have done in the, fu- the future is still well yeah, happening is, is, slash is, going to happen. Ha- yeah, ha- is is going continuing to have happened until the thing you replace it with has happened long enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> I I I wish that what we could have done is just knowing nothing just played a couple hours of multiplayer against each other. Yeah, I, I don't like think we would have even once used the going back in time thing yeah. though, right? I, I certainly don't think anybody's going to pick up how to play the multi how, how to use the the time stuff using the single player campaign, which is supposedly it's the intention. So bad. It's really it's hard. Really poorly made. There are a lot of things about this game like the central conceit seems like it's probably really amazing, right? And really like like innovative but everything about the presentation is terrible i really think it's just too ambitious like they're trying to be starcraft yeah with with what two developers and like they didn't need they didn't need it would be better to have no motion comics than shitty motion comics Uh, it would be better to have no vo than shitty vo like Uh, and like the by making a bunch of muddy 3d models that are impossible to discern from one another 
Like they 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 could have instead had icons. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it doesn't uh, need for, to have for much three cheaper and wildly different races. Yeah, like yeah. Th- it like, didn't the way those to- three different races play is nuts d- in comparison. It like it didn't need to be in 3D. Yeah, yeah. F- say sure. Like it it part of it is, and I know that it is hard. You know, because it's like, hey, turns out Word Realms was a kids game. Like, it's hard to like have the thing not be what you want it to be because of what it turns out that it is, right? And like, I think it turns out this is an RTS about time travel, so everything about it should be in support of the thing that's good about it, rather than like. They're, yeah, they're new know. games interesting because i think it addresses a lot of these concerns what is their new game i try i forget the name of it but it's basically Bomberman with time travel (laughs) (laughs) okay that sounds like a way better fit for a really small team yeah sploosh maybe is maybe the name of it ploosh something like that uh yeah i played through the first two and a half missions and like I finally started sort of understanding what was going on. The The second mission is like when you actually have control of the time uh, travel bit is starts to make sense because they basically make you do like a stealth mission, mm-hmm. which is actually really cool. Time travel stealth is cool because you get to know what the path of the of the guards is going to be because you actually just get to see it in real time instead of having to like instead of them having to do the same thing over and over again you can have randomly walking guards but you can go back in time and be like okay well he's about to come this way so i need to go a different way or whatever um but then when it actually just opens up and it's like oh here's just a giant battle go for it was like oh god and i can't even imagine what it must be like pvp like I tried to watch a PvP match and it was just incomprehensible. Well, because I mean, you have a certain amount of power that is used by giving orders to units in the past, sure, right? Like you can be looking at any time on the continuum and it's predicting what's going to happen in the future based on your orders. Giving orders to your units in the past uses up a certain amount of juice, and so I think it ends up being this kind of arms race, not arms race. It's like pressing your luck against the other players where it's like, all right, well you won that battle. So I'm going to go back in time and slightly change my tactics. And then he says, well, but then I'm going to go back further in time and slightly change my tactics. But eventually somebody runs out of time gas and whoever. Well, it's that plus the the fact that the present continues to march on regardless of what you're doing, right? which is a weird conceit. Cause like, yeah. And And I I think about like having, having to keep that in your head and maybe like, Maybe you can, like, look, just glance forward and see what's, what's happening in the, in a future timeline. And I, that's, can, that's comparable to, like, having to keep the entire, uh, RTS map in your head. Like, there are battles <laughs> happening in multiple well, it's, places. Yeah, it's like, it's, but it's like a, it's, it's an additional dimension. It's an additional yeah. dimension. Yeah. Cause, like, you actually, and you can set timestamps the same way you can, like, set a location stamp on the RTS map. You can set, like, a, okay, I'm gonna, I wanna be able to snap back to this time quickly and i'm like seriously like yeah that is just uh i feel i feel like there is the blizzard baby version of this game yes that has two kinds of units mm-hmm. and i i definitely wanted like three or four entire missions that were just you controlling a single unit learning how 
to issue orders and yeah. what it meant to change yeah. orders and time and like because like actually having to just manipulate an entire strike force was just too much to do and learn this entire new vocabulary about time travel god especially with i mean i i get that because of the time travel stuff just your guys moving across the battlefield has to be so like languidly paced but that combined with no checkpointing like that that was a rude awakening like 20 minutes into the first mission when it was like well you failed Okay, start over with these like unskippable in-engine cutscenes that are terribly voice acted. <laughs> yeah, and then just move this dude real slow across I, the map. Yeah, I I failed that battle as it turns out halfway through the first mission three times, and then I just watched some let's plays. Yeah, that was my experience with this game. I did really like in the first mission how your your failure objectives suddenly change from you lose if. You you lose if Captain Hammerstein dies. To you lose if either Captain Hammerstein dies. Right. If you break the timeline, yeah. Yeah, yeah or if you lose enough units so that you, you create a paradox. Yeah. yeah. Which was very clever. Yeah. And then it was like, or if you lose any civilians, and it's like, well, how far do I have to zoom in before I can tell the civilians from the Marines? Because I. I didn't have any Marines by the end. I was just, I had, I survived that mission with exactly enough to send everybody back. Oh, wow. So I was like, well, that makes it easier. And then you just, I just ran away from any enemies to get to the end or Mm. whatever. As it was introducing the different enemies to me and telling me what they were, what they were like and what they were vulnerable to, I was like, well, I'm never going to be any good at this game. (laughs) Like if it, if it wants me to a remember this and b be able to tell those two fucking things apart. Yeah. It is asking way too much of me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not just your eyes. That's (laughs) (laughs) yeah. No, it like in reading reviews of this, like it just looks fucking terrible. I, I, I had, I definitely had problems like being able to parse the art. I didn't, I didn't have any problems with the art itself. I, like it just, it didn't pop enough for me, but. There were a lot of things that just looked like bugs. Like everything that looked like it was supposed to be a slope seemed like it just had like a quad that was just a like distortion shader (laughs) on it. Like there were all these right angles that didn't seem to signify anything. Hmm. Like Slender Man was hanging around a bunch of slopes. (laughs) There were a lot of, uh, shadows that read to me as like impassable terrain like I don't know man it's gross looking and again should have just been abstracted out and I mean it's easy to say from from this end right it playing this really explained to me why I heard people talking really excitedly about this game while it was in development and then never heard anything about it after it was released yeah um I'm happy that they're still around as a studio and making yeah. something else, and I'm happy that the something else that they're making is a simpler version of the same concepts. I think that probably has a lot of potential. Is it out, this Bomberman thing? I don't think so. I, I saw it at uh, Experimental Gameplay Workshop. Mm. Yeah. This is the kind of thing that I hope that, you know, somebody with some money thought this was a really good idea and decided to pay them to make more stuff. So I like I, I I am in love with the idea of time travel in games, but yeah. it is it is hard to manage. Like it works it works in fiction because there's no control. Yeah, you get right. to you get to set up all the constraints. Mm-hmm. The, like the, like the, you said, it's a whole 
you're adding an entire extra dimension to the to the mechanics, and you have to be able to present that in a way that the player can wrap their heads around it. Uh, the time waves really mess with that, though. Like, because I would go back in time. Like, this is early on, and I'm sure that I, you know, I just ha- haven't internalized how all this stuff works. But I would like do something, fail, or I would get to a failure state. I would go back in time, tell them to do something different. Be like, okay, the I, I my failure state's taken care of, and I would go back to the present and start moving my, my guys around, and then a time wave would catch up, and then the guys were just gone because they were they had I had issued some different orders, and now they were in a totally different place, mm-hmm. and like wrapping my head around like that kind of thing seemed just impossible. Like the only way that I started to be able to do it was just to cancel all future commands every single time I went back to the past. And maybe that's what you're supposed to do, but yeah, I don't know. The fact that you can like go back to the past, select guys, click to the left, they'll go left for a second, but then they remember that you issued an order in the future to like go to the right. I saw a review complaining about that and how there's no interface to look at what commands there that there will be issued. Yeah. Yeah. So you just, you just have to end up just clearing all the commands every single time just for sanity's sake. And, you know, this is a game where probably if you devoted a bunch of time and energy to it, it would be amazing and really fulfilling <laughs> to play. Yeah, I wonder if there is, like, a scene of people that are really into this and playing it. The guy, well, it, I mean, I don't know if any more, but the guy that did the LP I looked at had a bunch of, of like, commentary over PvP matches videos. Hmm. I mean, the game is like five years old at this point, right? Yeah. That's super ambitious, and like, I'm glad people are making this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just, it's just, this was a r- rough uh, first experience on my part, at least. Yeah, me too. I'm glad that we were afforded the opportunity to have to look at this because <laughs> I think we never would have, we never would have gotten around. I'd to been, it. I'd been curious about it, and just yeah, uh, no, also me had too. never heard just anything hadn't, hadn't bothered. And thank you, thank you, Larry, for for the suggestion, pushing us. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for for next assignment, I think we're going to go with uh, good old Glebes's suggestion of Star Fox 64, which we will play on our 3DSs because you can apparently buy it yeah. on your 3DS and play it. I've never played a Star Fox game. Yeah, I don't know anything about the franchise. Like I'm, at all. I might have played a minute or two of it on a friend's Super Nintendo, like the original Star Fox, but I know nothing really about it except that, uh, except that those uh, anthropomorphic animals really get my erection going. <laughs> <laughs> So this is the sequel to Solar Fox, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Solar Fox is a very good arcade game from uh, the early '80s. Full of foxes. Uh, no, there it's almost no. There's basically no. <laughs> almost no foxes. There are almost no foxes. There's no recognizable <laughs> characters or objects at all. Why is it called Solar Fox? I don't know. It's got a lady flying a spaceship. I don't know if she's supposed oh, to be Oh, she's the like the fox. fox. Yeah. Because oh. she's foxy. Is like on the, the side panel art? On the on the uh, marquee. I think yeah. she only is on the marquee art. I mean, she's probably in the spaceship that you're flying, right? Sure, yeah. But not... Uh, not recognizably. Yeah, not, not, uh, not pictured. Okay. Star Fox 64. 64. You've got me all screwed up. Okay. Um... <laughs> And guys, uh, head on over to videogameshotdog.com and submit some uh, questions for the listener's mail segment of the podcast. I feel like the Slack has taken all of the people who would be submitting questions to listener's mail and letting them just talk to us. They're just getting all the answers <laughs> they want. Yeah, yeah and they're getting time. answers from us and from each other. It's uh, been a problem. 
Yeah. Uh, come on over to our Patreon page at, uh, I don't know the URL. Patreon.com v- slash VGHD? Or VGHD.patreon.com? No, I don't think it's No? Patreon.com slash VGHD. Sure uh, go to videogameshotdog.com and click on the Patreon button that I made. Uh, give us a review on iTunes. Give us a review on iTunes. Tell give us a, a friend. Tell, tell 40 friends. <laughs> tell. Make some new friends take and then a, tell them. Take out a classified ad in your local paper. Oh, wow. Uh, submit. Say, all right, two options. One, this photograph of my balls. Two, this ad for this podcast, Video Games Hot Dog. And best case, like, either way you win, right? Like, case one, your whole town gets to see your balls. Uh, <laughs> case two, you give us some free advertising. Oh, my, I misunderstood. I thought you were going to send them a photo of your balls, and then they would put that in the classified ad. No, that, my balls would be wasted on these small town newspaper audiences yeah, they're just too good <laughs> purse pearls before swan this my my silk purse of sow's ears no no this, this metaphor does not need to go anywhere it didn't go anywhere <laughs> guys i've had a fantastic time recording episode number 240 of video games hot dog with you and i hope we do it again real soon and listeners i hope you'll join us but if you don't we don't know you shit Good night, everyone. Have a great week, everybody. Well, I've got those long... Yeah, I've got those long Freddy Krueger arms.